Section 1 of Reincarnation, A Study in Human Evolution by Theophile Pascal. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. THE SOUL AND THE BODIES In a book dealing with the resurrection of bodies and the reincarnations of the soul, a chapter must be devoted to the fundamental elements of the question. We will give the name of soul to abstract being, to the unknown, that unmanifested principle which cannot be defined, for it is above all definition. It is the absolute of Western philosophers, the parabram of the Hindus, the Tao of the ancient sages of China, the causeless cause of all that has been or ever will be manifested in concrete time and space. Some feeble idea of it may perhaps be obtained by comparing it with electricity which, though the cause of various phenomena, heat, movement, chemical action, light, is not, per se, any one of these phenomena, undergoes no modification from their existence, and survives them when the apparatus through which they manifest disappears. We shall set up no distinction between this soul, which may be called the universal soul, and the individual soul, which has often been defined as a ray, a particle of the total soul for logically one cannot imply parts to the absolute it is illusion limitation on our part which shows us souls in the soul bodies are aspects of the soul results of its activity if indeed the infinite can be said to be either active or passive words fail when we attempt to express the inexpressible these bodies or more precisely the varied forms assumed by force matter are aspects of the soul just as light or chemical action are aspects of electricity for one cannot suppose anything outside of infinite being nor can anything be imagined which is not a manifestation of the abstract whole let us also define consciousness taken absolutely it is being the soul god the uncaused cause of all the states which in beings we call states of consciousness this limited consciousness may be defined as the faculty a centre of life possesses of receiving vibrations from its surroundings when in the course of evolution a being is sufficiently developed to become conscious of a separation between its eye and the object which sends its vibrations consciousness becomes self-consciousness this self-consciousness constitutes the human stage it appears in the higher animals but as it descends the scale of being gradually disappears in non-individualized consciousness in a word absolute consciousness is one though as in the above example it is manifested differently according to the differences in the vehicles which express it in the concrete world in which we live the soul per se is beyond the reach of beings who have not finished the pilgrimage of evolution. To know it, one must have attained to the eternal center, the unmanifested logos. Up to that point, one can only, in proportion as one ascends, feel it in oneself, or acknowledge it by means of the logic which perceives it through all its manifestations as the universal mover of forms, the cause of all things the unity that produces diversity by means of the various vehicles which serve it as methods of expression science says that intelligence 
or to be more generic, consciousness, results from the action of matter. This is a mistake. Consciousness does not change in proportion as the cells of the body are renewed. Rather, it increases with physical unconsciousness, as in somnambulism. Thought is not the fruit of the brain. It offers itself to the latter, ready-made, so to speak. The loftiest intellectual or artistic inspirations are flashes which strike down into the awaiting brain, when maintaining that passive expectant attitude which is the condition in which a higher message may be received. The senses are not the thinking principle. They need to be controlled by consciousness. Thus, people blind from birth, when suddenly made to see, cannot judge either distance or perspective. Like animals and primitive men, they see nothing but colors on a surface. Science says also, the organ is created for the function it has to perform. Again a mistake. The eyes of the fetus are constructed in the darkness of the womb. The human germ, notwithstanding its unconsciousness and its simplicity of structure, develops a body that is complex and capable of a considerable degree of consciousness, though itself unintelligent. It produces prodigies of intelligence in this body. Here, consequently, the effect would be greatly superior to the cause, which is absurd. Outside of the body and the germ is a supreme intelligence which creates the models of forms and carries out their construction. This intelligence is the soul of the world. If consciousness per se, or the soul, is above all direct proof at the present stage of human evolution, the vehicles through which it functions are more or less apparent to us provided they are capable of affecting the brain. At the present stage of human evolution, this is the case only with the astral body. The other bodies are too fine to manifest through the nervous system such characteristics as are calculated to furnish scientists with proof of their existence. They can only be felt and proved in and by yoga. It is not without importance, however, to set forth the proofs of the existence of a vehicle of consciousness immediately above the physical for it affords us a wider horizon and throws far more light on the rest of the subject. Proofs of the Astral Body Certain normal and abnormal or morbid phenomena in man have proved the existence of this vehicle, which we will call the higher consciousness, for it is far greater than normal waking consciousness, that of the brain. In the somewhat rare cases in which this consciousness is expressed in the physical world, it is forced to make use of the brain. Now, in the majority of men, the latter is still incapable of vibrating harmoniously with the matter which forms the astral vehicle. This is because the density of the atoms of the brain cells which preside over thought is incapable of reproducing the rapid vibrations of the finer matter belonging to the body immediately above it. By special training, the yoga of the Hindus, by a particular constitution of body, sensitiveness, by certain special methods, hypnotism, or in certain maladies, somnambulism, the brain may become receptive to these vibrations and receive them from an impression, though not always an imperfect one. The rarity of this impression, its imperfection, 
and especially the necessity for the vibration of the physical brain that it may be manifested in our environment all these have made it very difficult to prove the existence of this higher vehicle still there are certain considerations which show that it exists and that alone is capable of explaining the most characteristic phenomena of the higher consciousness let us first define these two states of consciousness rather more completely and fix their limits normal consciousness is that which functions during waking hours when the brain is in full physiological activity freely and completely related to the outer physical world this consciousness is more or less developed according to the individual but its component parts sensation emotion sentiment reason intelligence will intuition do not exceed known limits for instance we do not find clairvoyance the prophetic faculty and certain other abnormal faculties which we shall class under the higher consciousness the higher consciousness works in the astral body whether externalized or not it seldom manifests itself and then incompletely it is accompanied by the more or less complete inhibition of the senses and by a kind of sleep in which the relations of the subject with the physical world are wholly or partially suspended the characteristics of this state are greater keenness of the normal faculties and the appearance of new ones which are often inexplicable and extraordinary and the more remarkable in proportion as sleep is more profound the brain calmer or the physiological state more abnormal how can we explain the paradox that faculties shown by a brain in a state of inactivity cover an extent of ground which the brain in a state of activity cannot approach the reason is that the brain in this case is not an instrument moved directly by the cause of consciousness the soul but a simple recipient which the soul then centered in the astral body impresses upon returning to the physical body if it has been far away or impresses directly when whilst acting in the finer vehicle the latter has not left the body in other words the brain by reason of its functional inactivity vibrates little or not at all in its higher centers it plays the part of a sounding board at rest capable of vibrating sympathetically under the influence of a similar board placed by its side the necessity of cerebral quiet if the higher consciousness is to make an impression is now easy to understand the finer vibration of the astral body cannot be impressed upon the brain when the latter is already strongly vibrating under the action of normal consciousness for this reason also the deeper the sleep of the physical body the better the higher consciousness manifests itself in ordinary man organic quiet is scarcely ever complete during sleep the brain as we shall see shortly automatically repeats the vibrations which normal consciousness has called forth during the waking state this together with the habitual density of the nervous elements too great to respond to the higher vibrations explains the rarity and the confused state of the impression of astral consciousness on the brain the facts relating to the higher consciousness are as numerous as they are varied 
we shall not enter into full details but choose only a few phenomena quoted in well-known works manifestations of the higher consciousness during the different kinds of sleep normal dream during normal sleep there exists a special consciousness which must not be confounded either with the waking consciousness or with that of the astral body it is due to the automatic cerebral vibration which continues during sleep and which the soul examines on its return to the body when awake this dream is generally an absurd one and the reason the dreamer notices it only on waking is that he is absent from the visible body during sleep the proof of the departure of the astral body during sleep has been ascertained by a number of seers but the absurdity of the commonplace dream is a rational proof thereof one which here must be mentioned as another rational proof of the existence of a second vehicle of consciousness we must also notice the regular registering of the commonplace dream because it takes place in the brain and the habitual non-registering of the true dream experience because this latter takes place in the externalized astral body why does the astral body leave the physical during sleep this question is beyond our power to answer though a few considerations on this point may be advanced sleep is characterized by the transfer of consciousness from the physical to the astral body this transfer seems to take place normally under the influence of bodily fatigue after the day's activity the senses no longer afford keen sensations and as it is the energy of these sensations that keeps the consciousness centered in the brain this consciousness when the senses are lulled to sleep centers in the finer body which then leaves the physical body with a slight shock it is however of the real dream which is at times so intelligent that it has been called lucid and at all events is reasonable logical and coordinate that we wish to speak in most cases this dream consists of a series of thoughts due to the soul in action in the astral body it is sometimes the result of seeing mental pictures of the future or else it represents quite another form of animistic activity as circumstances and the degree of the dreamer's development permit it is in the lucid dream whether belonging to normal or to abnormal sleep that occur those numerous and well-known cases of visions past or future to be found in so many of the books dealing with this special subject to these same higher states of consciousness are due such productions as walter scott's ivanhoe the author suffering from fever wrote this book whilst in a kind of delirious condition ivanhoe was printed before the recovery of the author who on reading it at a later date had not the slightest recollection that it was his own production walter scott remembered nothing because ivanhoe was the fruit of the astral consciousness impressed upon a brain which fever had rendered temporarily receptive to the higher vibrations there are certain peculiarities of the real dream which prove almost mathematically the superior nature of the vehicle which gives expression to it this dream for instance is never of a fatiguing nature however long it may appear to last because it is only an instantaneous impression made upon the brain by the astral body when the latter returns to the physical body on awakening 
on the other hand the cerebral ideation of the waking state is fatiguing if intense or prolonged or if the nervous system of the thinker is deprived of its normal power of resistance as in neurasthenia the commonplace brain dream is so fatiguing if prolonged or at all vivid another peculiarity is that a dream the real dream which would require several years of life on earth for its realization can take place in a second the dream of maori who in half a second lived through three years of the french revolution and many other dreams of the same nature are instances of this now fechner has proved in his elementi der psychophysik first that a fraction of a second is needed for the sensorial contact to cause the brain to vibrate this prevents our perceiving the growth of a plant and enables us to see a circle of fire when a piece of glowing coal is rapidly whirled round secondly that another fraction of a second is needed for the cerebral vibration to be transformed into sensation we might add that a third fraction of a second is needed for the sensation to be transformed into ideation proving that in these special dreams there can be no more than an instantaneous mass impression of all the elements of the dream upon the brain and that the dream itself has been produced by the imaginative action of the soul in the astral body an extremely subtle one whose vibratory power is such as to transform altogether our ordinary notions of time and space the deathbed dream in dying people the bodily senses gradually lose their vitality and by degrees the soul concentrates itself within the finer vehicle from that time signs of the higher consciousness appear time is inordinately prolonged visions present themselves the prophetic faculty is sometimes manifested and verified cases are related of removal to a distance like that of the alsatian woman dying on board ship during the final coma she went to rio de janeiro and commended her child to the keeping of a fellow countryman similar instances are found in the night side of nature by c crow as well as in other works of the same kind the dream of intoxication under the influence of soporifics the same transfer of consciousness is produced and we meet with more or less remarkable phenomena due to the higher consciousness opium smokers and eaters of hashish are able to form ideas with such rapidity that minutes seem to them to be years and a few moments in dreamland delude them into the idea that they have lived through a whole life the dream of asphyxia during asphyxia by submersion the higher consciousness enters into a minute study of the life now running to its close in a few moments it sees the whole of it again in its smallest details carl duprell gives several instances of this haddock quotes among other cases that of admiral beaufort during two minutes loss of consciousness in a drowning condition he saw again every detail of his life all his actions including their causes collateral circumstances their effects and the reflections of the victim on the good and evil that had resulted therefrom purdy's account of catherine emmerich the somnambulist nun who when dying saw again the whole of her past life 
would incline one to think that this strange phenomenon which traditional catholicism appears to have called the private judgment and which theosophy defines with greater preciseness is not limited to asphyxia by submersion but is the regular accompaniment of life sending manifestation of the higher consciousness in various cases of mental faculties lost to normal consciousness a rather large number of people born blind have images in dreams and can see with the higher consciousness when placed in a state of somnambulism this proves that the higher consciousness possesses the power of vision on its own plane and can impress images thereof on the brain that this impression may be translated into the language of the physical plane it must evidently take place in one of the physical centers of vision which make possible the three-dimensional sight these centers may be intact even when the external vision apparatus does not exist or is incapable of functioning a deaf and dumb idiot became intelligent and spoke during spontaneous somnambulism this is a case which appears to us difficult to explain fully indeed if the impression of the higher vibration on that portion of the brain which presides over intelligence and thought can be understood it is not easy to see how tongue and lips could suddenly utter precise sounds which they had never produced before another factor must have intervened here as was the case with the child prophets of the camisards young habert who had gone mad as the result of a wound regained full consciousness the higher consciousness during somnambulism dr teste came across madmen who became sane just before death i e when consciousness was passing into the astral body he also mentions a servant girl quite uneducated and of ordinary intelligence who nevertheless became a veritable philosopher during mesmeric somnambulism and delivered learned discourses on lofty problems dealing with cosmogony this proves that the vibratory scale of the finer vehicle extends far beyond that of the physical and that the soul cannot impress on this latter vehicle all that it knows when functioning in the former by this we do not mean that it is omniscient as soon as it has left the visible body this opinion a current one is contrary to the law of evolution and will not bear examination manifestations of the higher consciousness under the form of memory the memory that is lost by the brain is preserved in its entirety by the finer vehicle a musician a friend of hervey's once heard a remarkable piece of music he remembered it on waking and wrote it down regarding it as his own inspiration many years afterwards he found it in an old parcel of music where he knew it had been long before he had totally forgotten it in his normal consciousness coleridge tells of a servant girl who when in a state of delirium would recite long passages of hebrew which she had formerly heard from the lips of a priest in whose service she had been in the same way she would repeat passages from latin and greek theological books which she had heard under the same circumstances in her normal state she had no recollection whatever of all this ricard relates the case of a young man possessed of an ordinary memory but who in somnambulism 
could repeat almost word for word a sermon that he had heard or a book that he had read mayo the physiologist states that an ignorant young girl in a state of somnambulism wrote whole pages of a treatise on astronomy including figures and calculations which she had probably read in the encyclopedia britannica for the treatise was afterwards found in that work ladame mentions a woman who having only on one occasion been to the theatre was able during somnambulism to sing the whole of the second act of meyerbeer's l'africaine an opera of which she knew nothing whatever in her waking state during experiments with the inhaling of protoxide of azote h davy said that normal consciousness disappeared and was followed by a wonderful power of recalling past events manifestations of the higher consciousness in phenomena of double consciousness the strata of memory met in many cases also prove the existence of the second vehicle of consciousness which we are trying to demonstrate certain dreams continue night after night beginning again just where they stopped the previous night this is noticed in the case of those who talk in their sleep and in spontaneous or forced somnambulism the memory of one intoxicated or in a state of fever delirium is lost when consciousness returns from the astral to the physical body it comes back on the return of the delirium or the intoxication the same thing takes place in madness at the termination of a crisis the patients take up the past just where they left it kerner relates that one of these unfortunate persons after an illness lasting several years remembered the last thing he did before the crisis happened his first question being whether the tools with which he had been cutting up wood had been put away during the whole of the interval he had been living in his higher consciousness ribo has noted the fact that the same thing happens to those who fall into a state of coma after having received a hurt or wound manifestations of the higher consciousness indicating not only that it extends farther than the normal consciousness but dominates and is separated from it recognizing that its vehicle the body is nothing more than an instrument the soul functioning in the finer body sees the physical body in a state of coma dr abercrombie relates the case of a child aged four who was trepanned as the result of fracture of the skull and whilst in a state of coma he never knew what happened at the age of fifteen during an attack of fever the higher consciousness impressed itself upon the brain and he remembered every detail of the accident he described to his mother where he had felt the pain the operation the people present their number functions the clothes they wore the instruments used etc the soul in the finer body during somnambulism is separated both from the physical body and from the normal consciousness it calmly foresees the illness or the death of the denser body on which it sometimes imposes serious operations such facts were numerous in the case of magnetizers in olden days de lutz had a patient who in a state of somnambulism held moral philosophical and religious opinions quite contrary to those of his waking state sharpinion tells of a patient who when awake 
wished to go to the theatre, but during somnambulism refused to do so, saying, She wants to go, but I don't want. On Charpinion recommending that she should try to turn her aside from her purpose, she replied, What can I do? She is mad. Deleuze says that many somnambulists look into their body when the latter is ill, that they are often indifferent to its sufferings, and sometimes are not even willing to prescribe remedies to cure it. Chardel relates that many somnambulists are unwilling to be awakened so as not to return to a body which is a hindrance to them. There are many madmen who speak of their body in the third person. They function in the non-externalized finer vehicle. Some explain their use of the third person as follows. It is the body. It is I who am the spirit. Manifestation of the Higher Consciousness in the Phenomena of Possession and Materialization In these strange phenomena, not only manifestations of the higher consciousness, analogous with or similar to those just cited, have been noted, but also a number of facts which prove, to some extent, the casual presence in a normal human body, or in materialized abnormal forms, of beings other than that which constitutes the personality of the one possessed, or of the medium who conditions these materializations. On this point, we would mention the well-known investigations of Sir W. Crookes, those of Colonel de Roches, and similar experiments of other savants. Incarnation mediums have often lent their physical bodies to disincarnated human entities whose account of what happened or whose identity it has been possible to verify. Here I will mention only one case among several others. I heard it from my friend D. A. Cormus, a retired naval captain, a man who was well informed in these matters, thoroughly sincere, and of unquestioned veracity. In 1895 he happened to be off Algiers on a training vessel. A boat had sunk in the harbor, and a man was drowned. His body had not been recovered. On the evening of the accident, my friend, accompanied by a doctor, a professor, and the vice-president of the court of Algiers, attended a spiritualistic meeting in the town. One of these incarnation mediums happened to be present. M. Cormis suggested that the drowned man should be called up. The latter answered to the call, entered the medium, whose voice and attitude immediately changed. He gave the following account of what had taken place. When the boat sank, I was on the ladder. I was hurled down, my right leg passed between two bars, occasioning fracture of the leg, and preventing me from releasing myself. My body will be found caught in the ladder when the boat is brought to the surface. It is useless to seek elsewhere." This account was shortly afterwards confirmed. These phenomena are more frequent than one would imagine. A sufficient number might be given to show that, judging from the theory of probabilities, serious consideration should be given to them. Manifestations of the Higher Consciousness in Apparitions A final group of phenomena to which I wish to call attention is the one which goes under the name Apparitions. A considerable number of these are to be found. We will confine ourselves, however, to referring the reader to a volume entitled Phantasms of the Living, 
due to the patient investigations of a distinguished body of foreign savants here we find first of all proof of the transmission of thought to a distance an examination into the conditions under which most of these cases took place has convinced several students of the existence of the finer body which we are here endeavouring to demonstrate as well as the possibility of its instantaneous transference to a great distance as the proofs afforded by apparitions are not mathematical i e indisputable and as they give us room for a variety of opinions we will make no attempt to detail them preferring to pass on to a final proof the least important perhaps from a general point of view since it is limited to the individual possessing it the only absolute and mathematical one however to the man who has obtained it the personal proof there are persons few in number true who under diverse influences have been able to leave the physical body and see it sleeping on a couch they have freely moved in an environment the astral world similar to our physical one in some respects though different in many others and have returned again to the body bringing back the memory of their wanderings these accounts have been given by persons deserving of credence and not subject to hallucinations there are other individuals though not so numerous of whom we have the pleasure of knowing some personally who are able to leave their physical bodies and return at will they travel to great distances with the utmost rapidity and bring back a complete memory of their journeyings d'assert gives a typical case in his work such is the proof we look upon as irrefutable as complete and perfect the man who can thus travel freely in his finer body knows that the physical body is only a vehicle adapted to the physical world and necessary for life in this world he knows that consciousness does not cease to function and that the universe by no means provides the conditions for a state of nothingness once this body of flesh is laid aside at this stage of evolution man can in addition make use of his astral body at will and obtain on the astral plane first by reason and intuition afterwards by personal experience proof of another vehicle of consciousness the mental body at a further stage he obtains the certainty of possession of the causal body then of higher bodies and from that time he can no longer doubt the teachings of the elder brothers those who have entered the higher evolution the worlds that are divine he knows beyond all possibility of doubt that what the ordinary man expresses in such childish language regarding these lofty problems what he calls the absolute and the manifested god and the universe the soul and the body are more vitally true than he imagined he sees that these words are dense veils that conceal the supreme ineffable infinite being of whom manifested beings are illusory aspects facets of the divine jewel with this introduction we will plunge at once into the heart of the subject end of section one